John chapter 5, verse 1 to verse 9 says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is a, at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent people, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time or season into the pool and troubled the waters. And whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatever disease he had. Man, that's a nice pool to go to. Amen. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying down and knew that he had been now a long time in that condition, he said unto him, Do you want to be made whole? Verse 7. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another one steps down before me. And Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and he took up his bed, and he walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. Can you say amen to the word of God this morning? Amen. Verse 7. When the man is standing before Jesus, after Jesus has asked him, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be healed? L listen to the response of this man. He doesn't realize who he's talking to. He doesn't realize who's before his presence. The healer is there. The deliverer is there. The one that does miracles is right in front of him. He doesn't realize. He gives Jesus an explanation of why uh, he has not received his healing. He says, sir. <laughs> so he doesn't say Messiah. He doesn't say Lord. He says, sir. He's talk he thinks he's talking to just another man. Sir. And he gives me reasons. I have no man to help me. When the waters are stirred, there's no man to help me, to take me to the pool. No man to help me. I have no man to help me. And... Uh, I just want to minister for a few minutes on those, on those words that this man said. He said, sir, I have no man that can help me. And sometimes we're going to find ourselves in our life, on our journey, where, where no man can help us. No man can provide for us. We need a miracle. There's going to be seasons in our life where no man no organization, no amount of money, no amount of counselors are going to be able to help us. We're going to need a miracle. How many of you believe in miracles still? Amen? How many of you believe in miracles? We, we are a church. I'm a preacher that believes in miracles. Miracles were a, an event that was quite normal in the book of Acts church. It was evident in the life of the church. Miracles. Unfortunately today we don't see as many miracles as we should. But I believe it's because we have man to help us. We've got so much that, can, that we can reach our hands out to to help us. We don't need God. That's the thought. We don't need a miracle because I can get it. I can make it happen. I can, there, are, there is man. Man can help me. Man is intelligent enough to design things and to make things. Amen. Man has come up with solutions. But 
regardless of what man comes up with, regardless of the intellect and the and the, the wealth of man, there are things that man cannot do where we need a miracle. Amen. Amen. A miracle is an event where the forces of nature, including the natural powers of man, cannot of themselves produce and therefore must, must be referred to a supernatural agency. A miracle is a supernatural demonstration of God's power manifested in the life of a man or a woman. A miracle is a demonstration of God's power. God is a God of miracles. We need to see miracles again. We need to be a people that experience the miracles of God. God is a God of miracles. Miracles reveal the power of God. Miracles testify that there is a God. Miracles testify that God is greater. A miracle can make something that has never happened, happen. When God comes on the scene of an impossible situation and He releases His miracle, wonder-working power, what has not happened can happen. That's what a miracle can do. We, we need to believe for miracles. In Acts chapter 14 verse 8, the word of the Lord says, And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. Everybody say never. Come on, say never. This man never, he had never walked. He had never walked, never experienced what it is to walk. He was a cripple from his mother's womb. Never had walked. When he heard Paul speak, Paul looking at him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said to him with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And the man leaped and he began to walk. He had never walked. A miracle happens and he starts walking. Miracles make impossibilities possible. What has never happened in your life can happen when a miracle takes place. Can you say a big amen? The devil hates miracles. Religious people hate miracles. They oppose miracles. Amen. It's amazing. Oh, there's a verse in John chapter 11 verse 47. It says this, the religious say to, the, to, the, to Jesus... Oh, to, sorry, the religious say to the council of, of the, the ecclesiastical religious authorities of, his, of their day concerning Jesus. They say this, what are we going to do with this Jesus? For this man does too many miracles. They, they get, the council get together and they begin to debate Jesus. And this is their problem. What are we going to do with him? For he does too many miracles. I mean, the last time I looked, there's nothing bad about a miracle. But Jesus is doing too many miracles. We've got to do something about him. We've got to stop him. We've got to shut him down. We've got to stop his influence. Why? Because he's doing too many miracles. Just the devil hates miracles. Religious people hate miracles. People bound in tradition, they hate miracles because miracles testifies that God is in control. Miracles testify that God is greater. Miracles 
have to demand a complete and a total surrender from you and me. Amen. Amen. I have no man that can help me. We've got to come to the place of nothing, no man, nothing, nothing that I can engineer, nothing I can come up with can help me in the situation that I am in. I need a miracle. No man can help me. I need a miracle. It's not a bad place to be. We need to stop Jesus because he's doing too many miracles. He's doing too much good. He's opening the blinded eyes. He's, he's, he's raising the paralyzed. He's, he's raising the dead. He's doing too many miracles. We've got to stop him because the devil hates miracles. And so then the disciples, when they start their ministry, they, they go on with the miracle ministry of Jesus in the book of Acts. Miracles happening every day. Silver and gold have I none. But what I give, what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. See, today we say silver and gold have I some. We try to work it with silver and gold. So we don't need a miracle. We go to the bank. We don't need a miracle. We got medicine. We got hospitals. We got doctor, GP. We don't need a miracle. But there's going to come a time when you need a miracle. And that's not a bad thing. No man can help me. No man can sustain me. No man. So the disciples, the apostles continue with the, the miracle ministry of Jesus in the book of Acts. As like the devil says, man, I thought when Jesus, you know, left this earth, miracles would stop. What well, didn't realize, miracles intensified. Amen. And then so look what happens. The religious again get together and they have a council and they begin to debate what's going on. Peter has just healed the man that, that was paralyzed. He's just told him, silver and God have I not. Get up in the name of Jesus. The guy gets up. He starts walking. He starts running. A miracle has happened. And the religious say this in Acts chapter 4 verse 16. What shall we do with these men? What should we do with these men? Why? For indeed, a notable miracle has been done by them. It is manifest to all that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Come on, hallelujah, we cannot. What, what can we do to these men? We need to stop these men. Why? Because a notable miracle has been done by them. Everybody in Jerusalem has seen it, and we cannot deny it. We can try to argue it. We can try to pretend it didn't happen, but a miracle happened. So what should we do to these men? We need to stop these men because a miracle has happened. I mean, they can talk all they want and they can preach all they want. And they can just bring in another uh, teaching, another philosophy according to their eyes. But when miracles start happening, the devil starts getting nervous because it reveals God is greater. Hallelujah. And we're living in a time where we need miracles to happen again. We're living in a time where we cannot get the job done in our own strengths, in our own abilities. And unfortunately we live in, not unfortunately, thank God we live in Australia, we live in a westernized country. But that as well has become a problem for the church. Because we rely on the strength of man. We rely on the arm of man. We rely on the intellect and the intelligence and the, and the, the, the uh, engineering of man. And so we've got this. 
And some miracles don't happen as they should. Whereas if you go to a third world country, they're seeing miracles happen. Because there's no medicine in the, in the, in the uh, pharmacy. There's no doctor close to their village. They don't have a credit card. They need a miracle. And so the, the, the coming to no man can help me causes you to get desperate. Causes you to become, become a person of intensity with the things of God. It causes you to become tenacious and persevere. It causes you to pray and to seek the face of God and say, God, I don't know what's going to happen. No man can help me. I have exhausted every avenue for this condition. I've exhausted every avenue for this situation. And no man can help me. You need to help me. I need a miracle. I need you to intervene in the affairs of my life and produce a supernatural demonstration of your power and give me a miracle. Are there some people in this place in this morning that need a miracle? Hallelujah. You need a miracle. You need a breakthrough. You need the power of God to come on the scene of your life. You need your body to be healed. You need your marriage to be restored. You need your children to come back home to God. You need the finances to change in your life. You want God to open doors of promotion in your employment. You need a miracle. No favor from man. No, 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 not who you know. It is who you know. Hallelujah. You know God. He will orchestrate away. He will make a way for you. He will perform a miracle. A miracle. So the devil hates miracles. So the last thing he wants to happen in a church is miracles. So let's let so, so let the let the Christians, let the church become self-sufficient. Amen. So this this man in John chapter 9, we, we find him in a, in a real predicament. You know, the, the, there's a pool there, Bethesda, house of mercy. The word Bethesda means house of mercy. There's a pool there outside the temple that is every now and then an angel would come and agitate the waters and stir the waters. And whoever jumped into that water first would be healed immediately. The Bible says that place was full of sick people. It was full of impotent people, crippled. And so the very fact that this man said, I have no man to help me, was that there was others that people were helping them. And then we see the stirring of the water. Run! And you get people, people trying to run, somebody helping them, and, and the blind going, somebody leaning. And whoever jumped in first would be healed. Mm. Amen. So Jesus comes to this place and he sees this man lying down. And he has compassion on him. And he sees that he's been lying there crippled for 38 years. And so Jesus comes up to him as we read before and he says, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be healed? And that's where this man says, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. While I am coming, somebody else jumps in. Beloved, there's going to be times in our life where no man can help us. Only God. We need a miracle. We need, there'll be times in our life where we need God to come on the scene of our life and perform a supernatural miracle. 
There will be seasons when no man can help you. Man can encourage us. Man can point us. People can be present, but they cannot take away the pain. They cannot heal the body. They cannot take away the guilt of the past. They cannot release you from the bondages of sin and anger. Man cannot open wombs that have been closed. Man cannot break addictions that people are struggling with. Drugs and alcohol and substances being pumped into their body and I need help. Man, man can only do so much. Man can only do so much for a marriage that's on the brink of divorce. Man can only do so much for someone that is struggling financially. You can only give so much money to someone to help them. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus, come unto me, all you that are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. Come to me. Come to me. Come to Jesus. Come. Lay, lay it all on the altar. Lay it all on the altar. Come to Jesus. Amen. Can I hear the church say amen? Hallelujah. You know, there are times when man can help us to a certain degree. They can take us, they can take us only so far. The very fact that this man says, you know, I have no man to help me. Means that he saw others with men helping them, but they can only take them to the water. We, we cannot put our trust, we cannot put our faith in man. We must put our faith and our trust in God. Thank God for people. You know, God has called us to be carriers of his glory. God has called us to be a light that shines in the darkness. God has called us to be salt in this world. And yes, there is the principle and the, and the, and the teaching where we, we come alongside people and we help them and we guide them and we teach them and we, and we, and we pray for them. But listen, beloved, we can only take people so far. You know, the, 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 there was the four men in Mark chapter 2. There was a paralyzed man. And thank God this man, he was in his home, but he had four good friends. He had four friends that said, you know what? We heard that Jesus is preaching in someone's house. We heard that there's a, there's a, there's a conference going on down there. And Jesus is preaching and Jesus heals people. Our friend cannot get to Jesus. So we're going to come alongside him and we're going to help him. Get to Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So they picked him up and they began to take him on that bed towards where Jesus was. And they get to the house where Jesus was. The house was full to capacity. Hallelujah. And they couldn't get into the house. And they, 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 didn't, they, they didn't say, let's just go home. They said, you know what? We've, we've got to get our friend to Jesus. See, so there's this principle of, yes, people can come alongside us and help us get to the healing. Help us get to the deliverance. 
And so they come to the roof and they break open the roof. This is why it's so important who you allow to influence you. This is why it's so important who you allow to speak into your life. This is why it's so important who you open up your heart to. Don't open your heart to anyone. Don't allow anyone to pray for you. Don't allow anyone to speak into your life. So important. You want people that are willing to pick you up and take you to Jesus, not to some other person, not to some other deity, so-called deity, not to some other religion. Bring you to Jesus. There's only one God and his name is Jesus. There's only one God, his name is Jesus. Bring and, and, and so they bring it into and they say, we can't get in. Hey, let's go to the roof and let's break that roof open. We need some friends that are willing to break through for us. We need some friends that will pick us up, that will speak life into us, that will speak faith into us, that will say, beloved, I couldn't get past the door, but I'm going to break the roof. I'm going to stand with you through this thing. I'm going to help you through this thing. Amen. I'm going to get radical for you. Hmm. The Bible says, you were running so well. Who did hinder you? Amen. Who did hinder you? It's not a what. It's a who. And listen, you were running. You weren't walking. You were running. You were on fire. You were running with God. Who did hinder you? The Apostle Paul says in Galatians, he says, I was studying Galatians this week, so powerful, he says to the, to the, uh, to the church of Galatians, he, he says to them, you, me, I have become your enemy for telling you the truth. You've allowed these men to come in and teach you that yes, Jesus on one hand, but circumcision on the other hand. And you, he says, I wouldn't even give those people one hour. I'll preach on that one day, hallelujah. Don't give people one hour that come to bring rubbish. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Don't give them an hour. He said, don't even give those people an hour. Because if you give them an hour, they're going to twist your thinking. Important who we allow. And he says, he says, what happened to you guys? At the beginning, when I started the church, he said, you would say about me, about Paul. I'm an angel from God. And some of you said he's Jesus Christ. What's happened? And some of you would say, wow, the blessedness of this church. You know, those people that come to your church for the first six months. Wow, you're the best preacher in town. Every preacher has heard the same thing. <laughs> it's it. The church is the flavor of the month. The church is, 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 is the answer to my prayer. Two years later, they're now nitpicking now. What happened to I'm Jesus Christ, Paul is saying. What happened to I'm an angel from God? What happened to this is the best preacher I've ever heard? Well, he's telling them, you've allowed those people to come in and you've given them more than an hour. And then he says this to them, you would have taken your eyes and given them to me. These people loved Paul. But he says, but now what has happened? Have I become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. You would have taken your eyes for me. Because Paul had a problem with his eyes. Because of the, the glory that he saw when, the, when he fell off the, you know, fell off the bull, the donkey, the horse, the car. His eyes were, 
And so this, he goes, you guys love me so much that you would have taken your eyes out and given them to me if you could have done some transplant, eye transplant. You would have given me your eyes. But now you're angry with me. Have I become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. And he says, the reason is because you've allowed these men to come into your homes and talk about me. That Paul preaches grace. Liberty in the Holy Ghost. But we should keep the law circumcised. And so they started going against Paul. And then Paul, he keeps saying, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who? Again, who has bewitched you? Who has caused you to follow after a lie? So yes, people are important, beloved, for good or for bad. People are are good to build us up or to destroy us. Amen. And so they break down the roof. But that's all they could do. Are you getting this? That's all they could do. They put him, our job is done. We can't can't heal him. We cannot heal him. We cannot cause him to come up out of that, that, that bed. Now we leave it up to Jesus. Oh, come on, church, say amen, hallelujah. We're, we're going to bring him, we're gonna, and now, now we've done our job, now Jesus, he needs a miracle. Amen. He needs a miracle. Come on, everybody say miracle, he needs a miracle. Yes, people can help us. Yes, you know, yes, we need to be, we need to have people alongside us that can strengthen us and sharpen us, but never mistake this, man is not the one that does the miracle. God is the one that does the miracle, and God is the one that performs the supernatural in our lives. Thank God for people. You've got to be careful that I'm going to go to that service because so-and-so is there, the preacher so-and-so from America is there. You're putting your eyes on man now. Uh, there was a, I'm going to give you a testimony. There was a preacher that was big in, in South America, Central America. Those of you that are Latinos will remember Gigi, Gigi Avila. Everyone heard of those? And he was like the... Uh, the Benny Hinn of the, of, the, of the Spanish in the 80s, 70s. Big preacher of the gospel. Big. They would call him the, the South American Jimmy Swagger. Big preacher. Miracles would happen in his services. I just, I just amazing. Gold, people with no feelings, just gold feelings appearing. Brand new gold feelings in his services. Wheelchairs being emptied. Well, there was a group of pastors in Sydney that got together. I've known brother somewhere might have been around that time. We got together, and they they said we got to bring Gigi, Gigi to Australia to do a to do a campaign, a conference, series of services. And they all got together. There was a, a huge crowd, and I spoke with one of the pastors that was in that committee, and he he spoke to me about this. He said that there was such anticipation months before everyone was excited, but the excitement was about him. He's coming. Are you sick? Wait, he's coming. Do you need healing? Wait, he's coming. Is there problems in your marriage? Wait, he's coming. Don't worry about your your Sunday morning service. Wait, he's coming. So the brother came, packed. He did a couple of nights 
Beloved, and this is my pastor that was there, and I just trust what he says to me. He says, brother, nothing happened. He says, if it was, if it was two or three people that got saved, it was like a real good report. Then when the conference was over, this man, the evangelist, got all the pastors together. And he told them off. He was a little bit ticked off, angry, because he says, with the money that I have spent to come to Australia, I would have gone to 3,000 South American countries and I would have seen thousands get saved, thousands get healed, and here nothing has happened. And he said to the pastors, what are you guys doing here? And then someone clicked. I don't know if it was a prophetic word or God speaking. He said, the Lord was teaching the people a lesson. That he is the healer. He is the deliverer. He is the miracle worker. Hallelujah. Not man. Man is his vehicle. Man is who God uses. But God can use anybody. Hallelujah. He is the miracle worker. Can you say a big amen this morning? So he, he taught the people a lesson. Because they had their eyes on man. And thank God, God uses certain men more than he uses others in certain areas. But never put your eyes on man. Put your eyes on Jesus. Put your eyes on God. No man can help us like God can help us. Hallelujah. God, God, God. Praise God. Amen. But yes, thank God. Thank God. Thank God for men and people that can help us. Thank God for people that can teach to us. Thank God for those that can preach to us. Thank God for those that can lay hands on us. But ultimately, it is God that does the miracle. So this man finds himself, as I come to close, this man finds himself at a place where he says, no man can help me. No man can help me. Have you been in that place before? No man. I've tried everything. I've called everyone. I've gone to this place, gone to that place. No man can help me. Beloved, that's not a bad place to be in. It's not a bad place to be in. No man can help me. Because it causes us to completely surrender to God. Yeah, it causes us to say, God, I'm going to seek you. Yeah, come on. No man can help me. I thank God for medicine. I thank God for the hospitals. I thank God for the money we can have. But Peter said to the paralyzed man, silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, I give unto you. See, silver and gold wasn't going to cut it for him. He needed a miracle. What do you do when your son or your daughter is sick? It's going to come a time where the hospital cannot cut it. All the money you have won't cut it. We need to learn how to call upon the name of the Lord. And sometimes this no man can help me. It's God pushing us to a place of total surrender. Much of a seeker's failure to find relief apart from God is caused by God himself. I'm going to say that again. Much of a seeker's failure to find relief apart from God is caused by God himself. He makes sure that all other cures fail. 
so we can finally come to him. Our restless search for an answer, peace, healing, restoration, is actually a stirring from God who seeks us and sees us and wants to help us. I have no man that can help me. Man can only take me so far and he doesn't realize he's talking to the man. He's talking to the God of the universe. He's talking to Jesus. And Jesus says to him, Rise up. Arise. Get up. I want to say to you this morning, rise up. Get up. Jesus says to you, get up. Rise up. Get up. Then he says, take your bed. Listen to this. Don't let your bed take you anymore. You take your bed. Take control of your situation. Don't let your situation take control of you anymore. Take your bed. Take your situation. Cast it at the feet of Jesus. Take your hurt and cast it at the feet of Jesus. Take your burdens and cast them at the feet of Jesus. Is there an incurable disease? Don't let it take you. You take it. Put it at the feet of Jesus. Is there fear? Don't let fear control you. You control it. Take it. And give it to God. And then he says, walk. Come on, everybody say, walk. Hallelujah. He was saying to him, you can start your journey now towards freedom. And the man was healed immediately. He received a miracle. He received the power of God on his life. He woke up crippled. He went to bed at night completely healed. No man helped him. No man could help him. There are things where man can help us. If Brother Mark needs $50 this morning, I can give it to him. I can help him. But if he needs $200,000 and he needs to pay it by the end of the week, no man can help him. You need a miracle. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, there are things that, yeah, yeah. What you're doing is causing you to have freedom, certain freedom, yeah. I'm, I'm having this medicine, I'm having this, I'm on this diet, I'm talking to this person and it's helping me. Silver and gold. But there's coming a time where silver and gold cannot cut it. You need a miracle. You've tried so much to cure that disease on your body. You've looked on Google. People even travel to look for healing. No man. Why not surrender? Take control. Start walking in freedom. Start walking in freedom. There was a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. The Bible says she spent all that she had. She spent every last dollar that she had on physicians and doctors. And the Bible says, and no one could heal her. She lost all her money. 
She saw every doctor in the city and she still had the issue of blood. The Bible says when she heard about Jesus, she said, I'm going to go to him. And she touched him and power came out and she received a miracle. See, what, what you need now is not, to, is not someone to help you. You need a miracle. You need Jesus to come on the scene. You need a miracle. You need a breakthrough. Amen. So I want to say to you, turn to Christ. Commit to Christ. Give your life to Christ. Ask Christ for help. And trust in Him. One more verse as we close. Psalms 46, 1. Psalms 46, 1. Look what it says here. This is a promise for someone. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in times of trouble. Therefore will I not fear though the earth be removed. Is your earth being moved? Is your world being moved? Is your world being shaken? I will not fear though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters therefore roar and be troubled. Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. Can you say amen to God's word this morning? I've got no man to help me. That's good. You need a miracle. You need a miracle. And man can only take you so far. Can we start believing in miracles again? In the church. Thank God that we're in a, for the, the advancement advance that the man has made. Thank God for the technology. Thank God for the, the smart intellect of man that has designed. You know, even now there's, they're, making, they're making hands. <laughs> so, you know, like God is a God of creative miracles. He can make a hand, but they're making hands now. God can give you. My father, my dad, my, my father, my dad has a kidney transplant. His second kidney transplant, he's had it for 20 years. His second, he had the first one for 10 years. Thank God that man is, is so smart they can open someone up, take the kidney of a person that has died put it into someone else and that person can live but God can also create a kidney they do it man is doing so much today and that caused us to sort of say yeah we've got it we've got it covered let us never lose the factor of God God is a God of miracles God is a God of miracles amen let's all stand up this morning